Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast. Brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions, but want to make money with their WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here. Just WordPress happiness made easy. Now, here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another WordPress Chick interview. Today's guest is a previous coaching client of mine. Her name is Erin Howard. And I wanted to interview Erin because she spent some time in the corporate world uh, doing email marketing for a large company. And so I wanted to talk to her about that, her transition in growing her business, which is web development, but also the role email marketing plays. Uh, So we're going to dive into that interview. And Erin has also written a MailChimp book that you can get the details for at the end of the interview. So enjoy the interview. Again, this is Aaron Howard of Streamline Internet Marketing. I'm excited because this is something that, you know, we all hear often the importance of email marketing and building your list. But my guest today has uh, a little more unique insight into all of that than most of us. So I'm very excited to welcome Erin Howard of Streamline Internet Marketing. Thanks for being here, Erin. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. Yeah, this is totally great. And this is just, I'm excited to share what you're doing with my audience too, because, you know, even though most, it's it's funny because I I interviewed, I surveyed my list recently. And as the survey responses came in, it was really skewed. It was like 80% of my audience had WordPress businesses, but as more responses came in, it was a 50 to 60%. So this is something that is applicable, whether you have a WordPress-based business or you simply have a WordPress site and have an online business, this is going to be huge. So, um, But let's go ahead. Before we talk about your current business, what were you doing before you started Streamline Internet Marketing? I was um, immediately before I started Streamline, Streamline. I worked for um, I worked for Staples, the office supply company, um, and I managed email and database marketing for them. And I also worked for um, for another sort of big Fortune 500 company that did that um, does computer hardware and, and software, um, and did email and database marketing for them as well. So a lot of that was um, going through the. Uh, database and looking at um, marketing behavior, things people had clicked on, things people had per- previously bought, uh, you know, company size, demographics, where are they located, and figuring out who are, were the best people to get certain emails. Um, and Staples is really, really big on testing things and getting lots of information and data. So I learned a ton while I was there. Um, so that was, um, that was my introduction to email marketing and, uh, the social media started getting popular towards the end of that too. So we started adding those things into our emails. So, um, that was a really great experience. That's funny. Cause that was, as you were saying that I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, I was wondering what a big national retailer's sort of thought process would be on, on, on you know, email marketing and sort of the, the internet space in terms of, you know, whether or not, because when you do it for a living, it, it's so hard to fathom why not every company isn't marketing online, right? It's hard at like, I can't grasp it when you have people or, or local businesses that, you know, they still use 
kind of dated methodologies. And I'm like, you know, online marketing is the, is the one thing that you can track every measurement. So I was going to ask you that. So that's cool. So um, in terms with Staples, I'm just curious. So did they have like an in-house training program or were you kind of just thrown in or how did, how did you get your feet wet with that with them? Well, I actually got hired um, because I had worked for um, some smaller companies um, back during the dot-com boom um, around 99, you know, when um, there were tons of software and high-tech startups that were getting um, that were getting funded left and right. Um, I'm in the Boston area, and that, along with Silicon Valley, was kind of the center of that world, and um, I worked at a couple of those startups, and that was just when people were just starting to think about marketing via email, where people really were just starting to use email. You've got um, mail. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and people were still doing a lot of direct mail at the time, just, you know, sending out postcards and flyers and things like that, so... Um, and there was there were no laws about it, the canned spam law, which regulates you know that people have to be able to opt out from your emails and and when you who you can email that didn't exist yet, so it was kind of the wild west. So um, so I had started out getting experience um, with direct mail and then with email because it was kind of an afterthought. People were like, oh, there's this email thing, and I guess the direct mail people should deal with it because it involves databases and sending out messages. Um, so that's how I got started with it, and then I ended up getting a lot of experience with it there, and so then Staples was kind of excited at the time that I had the experience in both. Um, so I started out working with um, their print catalogs uh, and also the email. So did you see, were you able to, with your time there, were you able to see um, results from specific things? Like were you able to see a, like a big transition or kind of any aha moments you experienced with them? Yeah, I mean, that was the time when people were just, this was early 2000s, so people were switching from, you know, calling to place their orders or using the catalogs to place their orders. They were buying more and more um, online. So um, initially, the internet division at Staples was a whole separate division. Because way back then, they kind of thought, oh, this internet thing, it's totally different, and it's not going to have anything to do with the stores or with the catalogs. Um, and then they kind of figured out, oh, it's just another easier way for people to um, for people to buy. Uh, and so, the, yeah, that during that time I was there, you know, more and more people were getting email, using email, and getting comfortable with shopping online. So they were um, switching over from doing more emails and when appropriate, sending out fewer catalogs because that's a lot more expensive to print you know, those big heavy catalogs and mail them. And and uh, so it was, an, it was really an interesting time to be in the online marketing world. Yeah, it's funny that you said that there was a company I ordered some packing supplies from a few years ago. I swear I feel like I get like the Sears catalog style from them, like this monstrous thing in the mail. And I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. Cause I toss it every time. I'm like, I, I got what I needed. I'm not your, your regular customer. So that's, that's great that they did that. Cause I, I just remember looking at the amount of, of offline, you know, big stores who didn't jump in to online. Um, and some of them haven't made it, you know, they didn't survive by not carving out their space. So I think that's cool. That, that says a lot about staples. Um, but let's move on and talk about where you're at now. So when did you start Streamline Internet Marketing? 
I started uh, about four years ago. Um, as I said, I was working at this high-tech uh, Fortune 500 company. And um, when the recession started, the rounds of layoffs started. And so I got uh, probably about the fourth round or so I was laid off. And um, I took a little time to figure out what I wanted to do next because um, I had two young kids at the time and I had been thinking for a while that I would like to um, go into business for myself and work for myself because the you know the corporate world is just not very um, family friendly even even if it's a family friendly company it's still you know really uh, challenging and um, my husband also worked full-time for you know a corporation and he had a long commute so it just made more sense for me to um, to start my own business where I could work on it from home. Uh, so that was you know kind of what led to that decision, and I already knew a lot about online marketing, so it um, made sense to uh, to help people to, to get started helping people with with that. So how? This is some, this is a question that I, I actually have uh, another interview with another WordPress kind of uh, you know a, a WordPress business owner who does site work, but you also do a couple other things besides the WordPress sites. So where did you when you were starting out? Can you just sort of share a little bit of your journey in where you decided? All right, these are the services I'm going to offer. This is how I'm going to market or connect with people. How did that go when you were starting out? Because I think there are a lot of people listening. That, you know, when you're doing this, you can totally feel like you're on an island by yourself. Um, and there's so much information out there. So, so share a little bit of your journey when you started it. It was a challenge because I knew that I knew a lot about marketing and I had an MBA. So I was familiar with, um, business, but most of my connections were really in the corporate world. And I didn't want to keep working with corporate clients. I wanted to work with smaller businesses and consultants and things like that. Um, so, I started um, getting more active on social media. Um, I started uh, blogging, and I also actually did a lot of local networking with local business groups um, just so I could meet some of those small business people and find out what kind of concerns they had. And the biggest things were um, that they needed, either they didn't have time for online marketing, like um, creating and sending out content via email and social media, or they were just really overwhelmed by figuring out social media, by the how-to of it. Um, so I started doing a lot of um, of either doing the day-to-day marketing for people or I would train them how to do it. I would just uh, do a Skype session or if they were local, maybe go to their office and just walk them through how to use Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter, um, you know, whatever they were interested in, in using. Um, and I... I also, at that time, I created my own website in WordPress, and I started doing more and more updating clients' websites in WordPress. Um, so eventually, I started offering WordPress web design as as a service as well, which um, is, has been really fun. Yeah, that's 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 great because I think a lot of people don't want to get out there and, and start talking to people. And <laughs> I'm not going to even go into this tangent about me and, and local marketing. Um, (laughs) it just, it depends on the community, truly. I think that so, and it's not that I'm in this place of, you know, people that it's just, it's a little bit harder sell where I'm at, but, uh, which is funny. I'm close to the Bay area and Silicon Valley, but, um, you know, so I think that's great that you did that. And, you know, 
in some of the work that we've done together, you've really started stepping up um, in terms of building your online presence now. So what are some things you've learned with that, you know, before we get into some of the email marketing stuff, but um, having done the local marketing and connecting at different networking events, what, what are some things you're doing differently moving forward? I think that I figured out which types of businesses were not good fits for me. You know, initially, uh, I was thinking, for instance, because I love cooking and I love food, and I was thinking, oh, nice restaurants might be, you know, a good target market. Um, they could do so much with social media, and, um, you know, so many of them need websites that need to be improved. Um, but I found out that a lot of them, you know, even the, the nicer, more upscale restaurants just have a very... Um, very limited budget, very close profit margins, and um, you just are not really a good a good fit for me. Um, so there was a lot of that, you know, working with certain types of people where you know I just found out over the long run um, who is tends to be a better fit and who isn't. So who are some of the clients? Can you just share that have been a good fit for you? Definitely. Uh, a lot of um, career coach and life coaches have been uh, a great fit. Um, authors. I've done some work with people who are authors and speakers and, um, you know, need somebody to help with the day-to-day marketing and um, with their keeping their website up to date. Uh, you know, those types of people who um, who have are more service oriented uh, and might be a solo business with you know maybe some part time um, contractors helping them out. Wow, that's great. I think a lot of people it's it's they're afraid to uh, sort of niche down or say who's a good fit because uh, you know the the clarity piece on who is my audience and who's a good fit for me. A lot of people are afraid to to own that because they think they're going to. Um, you know, alienate or, but I think you find that your business runs smoother when you find that right fit and, and you work, you know, solely, you know, unless a right opportunity shows up. But when you really say, this is, this is who is my ideal client, it makes your life a lot easier. Yeah. Nobody wants to niche down at the beginning. They, everybody tells you to do it and nobody does it really because <laughs> you're just too afraid to say no to any, um, any business. And, it, you know, maybe that's, that's good that it's just sort of part of the learning process. You kind of say yes to everything for a little while and then you start to learn how to narrow things down. You do it. You know, it's funny. At the same time, I had a, um, I've got a new potential client and sent a bunch of links and I'm, I'm much more, selective with who do I work with and what type of sites and stuff that like do I like to work with I, I really want people that want to do the marketing as well because I just I don't want to do brochure sites at this point but you know and they sent me they said oh god I love all these sites do you have any more like technology sites and it's funny because a lot of technology companies will do their own sites one um, but the other thing is I also know when you do it long enough it's like well we're capable of doing whatever you want. If you can be clear on your message, we can deliver it, right? So I think that is part of it too, that I've started to look at maybe even not so much the specific market as much as the type of person that I want to work with or the type of people that are a good fit. So yeah, no, it's a huge learning process. Um, let's shift a little bit because I think with, you know, like many WordPress business owners, um, and I know you're not just specific to WordPress, but it's, it is kind of easy when you're getting started and you're growing your business to kind of be a jack of all trades. But I, I think what's great is that you're pulling in expertise from your previous experience and knowledge and, you know, looking at and not just doing this, but, you know, in our conversations, 
the email marketing is huge. It's something that's just not going to go away and things are going to always change and evolve. Um, but can you share a little bit about, you know, what are some of the mistakes you see people making with email marketing? Well, I think one of the big things that has happened in the past few years is that some people thought that they could abandon email marketing for social media um, because social media is free, uh, at least the, the app itself is, not necessarily the time that you put into it. And, you know, you're paying a monthly fee for most um, email services and, um and so some people have kind of thought, well, I'll just have, a, I'll just concentrate on the Facebook page or um, or Twitter or something like that. And it's social media is great for networking and for communicating with your audience, but it's not really that great for um, for actual driving actual sales. Um, and there have been a lot of studies and a lot of testing done uh, where people will promote, people with large audiences, um, people you know that everybody in the in- internet marketing world knows, will promote an offer um, via email and then they'll promote it via social media. And typically the um, the email audience will outperform it much better. They'll, they'll do much, they'll do a lot more sales that way. And it really makes sense if you think about it because it's so easy to just sort of like a Facebook page. Um, but if you are subscribing to an email list, um, it takes a little bit more effort. You typically have to confirm and you have to, you know, you're not even going to open the email if you're not interested in it. Um, so that's one of the biggest things is that especially, you know, a few years ago when the social media, just two or three years ago when it started to get really big and, peop- and people were saying, oh, I'm just not going to really bother with email anymore. Um, and most people have gone back, have, have not continued with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And the thing is, it's like you don't, that's not your asset. That's Facebook's asset. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. There's. I've seen it called digital sharecropping, where you're just, you know, staking your, um, staking your marketing assets on somebody else's land. And then if if you're if Facebook decides to shut down your account, then you don't have access to communicating with those people anymore. Yeah. No. Social media. It's it's funny because the two with the build your list and it's something that anybody who starts in online marketing, regardless of your niche, you hear it at one point or another and the energy that, that goes into it, it's, it's never enough in, in, as in my experience that you cannot focus too much on growing that list and building that relationship with those people, you know, in social media where you can get a great return on that. The goal should be to get them from social media to your email list all the time. And and let's go ahead and we'll just preface this that cuz I know you're coming from the same place and that it's all about having a relationship with this list. We're not looking at just it's not a numbers game because I'd rather have a list of a thousand people who are connected and like what I'm doing than a list of 10,000 people that are just names and emails. Exactly. I mean, I feel like social media is sort of like when you go to a a, a conference and collect business cards um and then email is more the people that um, the people that actually connect with you, that keep in touch with you, that um, clients or potential clients, people that are really interested in you. Those are the type, those are sort of the different audiences there. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, I started thinking about that too, because if somebody's going to take the time to simply confirm their email, right? It, I mean, that, that's a big one. Um, but there's, there's just a different vested interest. And it's also the difference between, you know, and I, I think I shared this with you recently where I said, you know, all businesses come down to three things, your offer, your leads and your sales. And you can't get the lead without an offer. 
and you can't make the sale without the lead and the offer, right? So, but again, you to, to be able to make that offer, it's a targeted customer that you want, which is your email list. And it, there's a difference too, like the, the email list is, is really a warm lead as opposed to social media, which unless you're having a conversation and engaging, um, you know, and that happens on such a smaller scale that that email list, it's going to convert better. It simply is. I, I've realized that doing this, the podcast, if people are willing to listen to me, and then they reach out. They feel like they know me already. So it's similar with email. People feel like they know you. So if there was one thing that you would like to see people doing with email marketing, what would it be? I would say being consistent about it um, and concentrating more on getting um, great content out to people and not just sales content, not just sales offers, um, because people are going to tune you out. If you're, you know, only constantly trying to sell them something, um, but if you're sending them great content, whether it's your latest blog post or um, or interviews or or webinars and things like that, um, then that, you know, that's what I think that people need to be um, concentrating on, and they need to be doing it consistently because otherwise people forget that they ever signed up for your list, and then you know you email them once after they haven't heard from you in six months, and they're going to click the report spam button. Or the unsubscribe button, because they'll they they'll be thinking, why is this person sending me unsolicited email? So you do you really need to be consistent um, about it, you know. And that might be once a month or once a week, depending on you and your business and your schedule. But it does need to be regular. And then in terms of the the quality content, um, because I'm a huge fan of that. Um, what are do you have any tips on what type of content you, like you would say? You know, I know you mentioned maybe some recent blog posts and stuff, but do you? So, like as an example, there are different times with email marketing where I have just pulled in recent posts people may have missed, um, or I'll share a find. So I kind of look at it that you know I think that if if someone is targeted um, or they've gotten clear on that audience, it's a lot easier to send them something that they might be interested in, right? So. You know, can you go a little bit deeper with sort of quality content and what um, measuring what's working? I think that you need to have um, you need to be talking to your audience to find out what kind of information they need, um, getting feedback from them, and you know, basing it on the, the most common questions and problems that you see from your customers. Uh, so that's one of the things. Um, but I think also you need to be putting some of your personality into the content, um, that's how you're going to differentiate yourself. Uh, you know, Staples is not going to be doing that. Uh, but um, if you're a smaller organization or business or person and you're doing um, a lot of online marketing, you need to really connect with people and put some of your some of your brand and some of your personality in there. So, um, so I used to get an email uh, newsletter from um, Tim Sanders, who is he, – he used to work for Yahoo, I think, and now he does a lot of um, consulting and speaking. And he would – at the end of the email, he would always put the latest music that he was listening to and any interesting books that, he read, that he's read. Um, and I just would start to look forward to that in every email that he sent. You know, at the beginning, there would be some business, um, more business-related content. And then I'd kind of think, oh, I wonder what uh, new book recommendations he has or what um, – or any new CDs that he has. So, you know, don't be afraid to um, to put a little bit of, of personality into it. That is awesome, that tip, because it's funny. I think about that, and I always joke around that, 
like I, I just I'm sort of this inspector gadget online. I love finding cool resources and tools and, and playing with stuff. It just kind of keeps me inspired and moving. And that would be something that would be super fun to add to it to, you know, a weekly mailing like. So here's the latest toy or tool, tool or tip or whatever that I found that I've been playing with. Check it out. Um, and or even the books. I mean, I love that. Um, no, that's great. I, I love the personality piece. I'm a huge believer in that. Um, so no, that's an awesome tip. I wanted to move into the different email marketing companies, if we could for a sec. So, you know, there, there's so many different options out there. And personally, I, I started with one shopping cart, moved to AWeber, uh, moved to Infusionsoft, went back to AWeber, and I'm now <laughs> moving to Infusionsoft for many reasons. But um, do you think there's, you know, one choice that's better than the other? And, and not so much in terms of, hands down, this is the winner, because comparing, you know, MailChimp to Infusionsoft is kind of the apples to oranges argument. But but where should people look based on where they're where they're at, where they're starting? Can you talk a little bit about the different companies? Yes. Um, so I started out with Constant Contact, which is one of the really popular companies. Um, and they're based in my area. So a lot of people uh, on the East Coast use them. And um, they are really popular and they're fairly easy to use. Um, I stopped using them partly because they're autoresponder functionality was um, was really horrible. And um, if people aren't familiar, autoresponder is when you set up automated sequences of emails to go out when people, um, when someone subscribes to your list so that you don't, you know, have to actively send it out to them each time. Um, and I use AWeber uh, personally now, and I also use MailChimp quite a bit for my clients. And whenever I do a new website, if they don't always ha- already have an email service provider and they don't really have a preference, um, I'll usually set them up with MailChimp and a MailChimp opt-in box for their site. Um, and that's partly because the basic account for MailChimp um, is free. It's free for, I think, up to 2,000 subscribers. Um, and it's, it just has some, there's some functionality that it doesn't have, but it's just kind of a good way to get people started. Um, and it's, their help is really good and it's pretty easy to figure out how to put together, um, an email. And uh, I sort of, I periodically think about switching to them for my own business's email, um, but I've stuck with AWeber partly um, because I prefer the way that they organize their lists and the way they do their sign-up forms. Um, I don't think they are as strong as far as the design of the actual email. I think they're a little... Um, they, that can be a little frustrating for them. So they each, those are some of the big, um, most popular tools for smaller businesses. Um, and eye contact is another one that is, um, that a lot of people like. And so they each have their pros and cons. Um, but usually it's MailChimp or AWeber that, um, that I recommend to people. Yeah. I think too, I, I think for myself, I know that, um, MailChimp, I think it's important that, that people know too that the, the free version does not come with the autoresponder. Though, yes, correct? that, that is true. Um, but then if you want to upgrade to the next version up, it starts at about 10 or $20 a month. Um, and then, so I found a lot of times with clients, if they don't even, if they're not even using email yet, um, then they can just start out with a free MailChimp version. And when they're kind of ready to think about autoresponders and when their lists get bigger, then they can upgrade. Uh, but yeah, that is important. Do you have a rule of thumb in terms of when you think people need to start with autoresponders? 
ideally you would start right away. Um, but realistically, just from, you know, a few years of working with clients, um, they often are just sort of overwhelmed with all the aspects of, um, running a business and getting up to speed with email marketing. And, uh, so if they can just get started out sending a regular monthly email, um, just putting it in their calendars and sending something once a month, then that is, um, that's a good place to start. But I do recommend to pretty much everybody to set up an autoresponder if you can, because the, um, you know, you, that way you're saying, you're guaranteeing that each new person on your list gets the same information at a set amount of time. And, you know, maybe you send them your first, your most popular blog post, um, after the initial welcome email. You know, I thought you might find this useful. A lot of people like it. And, um, maybe then next you send them an email with an inexpensive product that you have. Um, and then over, then you might work up to, uh, you know, your most expensive product. Product, or if you do consulting, you know, the one-on-one consulting. Um, ideally, it, it would be great to start out, for everybody to start out, but realistically, uh, not everybody does. Yeah, I, I think, again, this kind of goes back to that depending on the market and the niche and, and the business that they're in. Um, I, and I think, you know, I love the point you made earlier about people who kind of shifted to social media are now coming back to email marketing. I just, it's simply one of those things I don't think that's going to go away. And um, the autoresponder is something that, again, because with email marketing, you can track, right? How many people are opening this or, and, and so much of that, <laughs> as someone who's been online for six years, it's taken me many years to start really paying attention to what's working, looking at numbers, looking at statistics, because that's just not necessarily that fun for me. But when you start saying, wow, look at how many people click through or, in a recent email where I had uh, promoted um, a, a service, I got a ton of opt-out. Uh, people opted out that day, and I'm like, that's fine. That's totally fine because it's also having a strategy. So when you when you are working with a client to set up an email marketing strategy, so, and let me preface this as an example. So as I grew the WordPress chick, you know, gosh, for the first, I don't know, three, four years, it was so much free giveaway, 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 giveaway. And I'm a big believer in connecting and engaging and creating great content. At the same time, you don't want to create a list of freebie seekers because it's just one, a Weber, MailChimp, whatever. If you're on a paid version, that's going to cost you money to have those subscribers. So do you have a strategy in terms of, let's say you, you've got a client that says, let's, let's go ahead with the autoresponder is, is where do you start them in terms of the type of, of email sequence that they send out? The initial, I like to start people out with, um, well, first of all, looking at your welcome email, because a lot of people kind of ignore that and just go with whatever the default is in the email service, and there's no personalization whatsoever. Um, so look at your welcome email, and um, and then typically, uh, you know, thank, uh, the first email would be something like, thank you for subscribing, you know, here's some information that people find useful, and it could be... Um, a free guide, um, as I mentioned before, you know, popular blog post, something that you know would be useful to most of your audience. Um, and then after that, ideally, uh, send them an offer for your least expensive sort of entry-level service or product. And uh, then after that, you can, um, you know, they'll be on your list, so they'll be getting your content and things like that. Um, and then you can, you know, slowly... Uh, 
the time will vary depending on your particular business and your products and things like that. Um, but over time, you want to send them offers for um, for each level of your of your products. Um, so that's kind of where I would where I would start. Do you get any pushback from people who are like, "Oh, I don't want to make an offer," you know? I, and I, I just see that with people that are new. It's you know they're um, they'll do they'll send freebies or intro, but they just it's making that first offer, and I think kind of getting over that fear of the unsubscribe because you made an offer for a product. Do you get any pushback? Yeah, there's there's two types of people. There are the people who are afraid to sell by email and afraid to make an offer because they are worried that it will offend their list, um, and then there are the people who. Um, you know, tend to be a little bit more sales oriented and type A, and that's kind of all they want to do is just send out, um, is send out sales offers. And, um, I think that I end up probably working with more with the first group of people who are a little timid about it. But I think you need to start, um, offering something to sell right away because if people get used to, um, used to only getting free things for you and then after a year or two you offer something to sell then um, they're either going to discount it because they haven't viewed you as having something of value to offer before or then you're going to get the people that you know are kind of annoyed um, but I think uh, people are a little bit more conditioned to that than they were a few years ago that you know people you are they are going to get some sales offers in their email. Yeah, I think um, MailChimp, like I said, it's a really popular um, sort of entry-level email service provider. Um, and I set up my, as I mentioned before, I set up new clients most often with MailChimp um, if I'm doing a website for them and they need an opt-in. Um, so then I would get a lot of questions from people because it is relatively easy to use. But, you know, after the fact, sometimes I would get emails from people um, saying, you know, how do I do this? How do I connect this to Facebook? Um, and people really seem to um, be craving some additional information about it. So I decided to put together uh, a book with some videos so that you know people can have something that walks them through from start to finish. Here is how you choose what account you want. Here is how you set up the account. Here's how you set up the lists and the sign-up forms and how you actually create an email and send it out. And here's how you can find the reporting information. Um, so I'm really excited. Uh, I'm really excited about that because that's just something that people have, you know, seem to have a really big demand um, for information for. Yeah, I have to tell you, it's funny because I remember looking even in Amazon. I'm like, why are there no other books on? There's there's nothing out there on Mailchimp, and it, you know, the, the I've set it up a, a handful of times for clients. I prefer Aweber personally, um, even though Mailchimp, from a design perspective, is just way more current up to date. And I think Aweber is—I don't want to say scrambling, but I think they're hustling to to get some updates and even just you know the interface of of going in to send out something. It seems like they're kind of trying to make some quick changes here. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's so timely now. So who is, so this is really for people who are getting started with MailChimp and want to manage their own accounts. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, um, it takes you through from the beginning, um, how to, how to get everything set up and how to send out an email and, um, and how to 
see how the emails are doing. Um, it just walks you through every step. Um, and it's also, you know, if somebody has, if somebody has a free account, but they've really just kind of done the basic, um, send, you know, send a, send your really basic sort of monthly newsletter. Um, there are going to be a lot of sort of tips and tricks. Um, there's a lot of functionality in there that they might not have known about, um, and tips about how to, um, customize things so that you're not just using, you know, the default out of the box. Um, software that you know is not necessarily customized for your particular brand. I, I'm totally excited to see this simply because I'm going to refer it to everybody that uses it because I don't want to manage MailChimp for anybody. Um, it's so funny as you were saying that I was just thinking I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the interview I did with Troy Dean who started the video user manuals, but he said that was actually, he realized that he did, he, he just, you know, sat down and said, okay, because he was getting so many support questions about a WordPress site. So he literally put together an ebook, went and had it physically printed. So he did like this, your website manual. <laughs> this was, you know, six, seven years ago, but he was physically delivering this manual to people. And then a friend saw it and said, okay, this is what we got to do. But so essentially, you know, it, it's, it's sort of along those lines and it's creating that, I still, you know, and I'd love your opinion on this. To me, I think that documentation and support and training is probably one of the best opportunities online today as things shift because it's it's changing so quickly. Um, and people want tutorials and teaching in everyday language that's applicable to them. And they want it all in one place too because, you know, all, the, all those sites do have um – do have help and support files, but you can just spend a lot of time, you know, searching through them to try to find the particular, the particular question that you want answered. Um, so that's, you know, a lot of people said, if I just, I just want somebody to walk me through it from, from start to finish. So that was my goal is just really, you know, complete, um, MailChimp email marketing essentials, step by step guide just to get you, um, to get you up and running. Okay. And so you'll have, there, there's an ebook and videos that people can get, right? That's right. Yes. So there'll be a video showing exactly, um, exactly how to do the, exactly how to set up an email, exactly how to put your social media icons in, how to um, create a sign up form, all of those things. Love it. And so everybody to just listen for, um, just make sure you listen to the end of the show because I will have the link, but it'll probably be the wpchick.com forward slash streamline and you can get that or maybe I'll do forward slash MailChimp because this is pretty much the only MailChimp thing that I'm going to be um, sharing with everybody. So um, yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. And I'm really excited about it. I think this is totally, the market needs this. There's just, there's not a lot. And it's funny as you were thinking about that, I remember digging through when I was doing stuff for clients and I'm going, okay, first I have to go to FAQ. Then I have to type in something for search. And then you're going through multiple blog posts and tutorials. There is no sort of... um, I know there's a word that I'm totally spacing on, but the the documentation inside these companies' sites, it's like, here's a bunch of videos, go see if you can find it via search. And it it's just, it's strange to me that it's not set up better, but... Um, you know, it's usually it's, not sequential that I exactly. think is the, the sequence that a, that the average user would would go through it. Is that was what a I big thought. word for me. I could not think of sequential. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, good. So. Everybody, go ahead and make sure that you listen to the end of the show. So one of those two links, it's going to be the wpchick.com forward slash streamline. Actually, I'll put them both in there. And then the wpchick.com forward slash MailChimp will take you to both of those. So people can connect with you on streamlineinternetmarketing.com, right? 
Yes. Okay, awesome. And then your social links, which I will have them all in the show notes, you guys. So you can also connect with Aaron on those places. And then lastly, I always ask this question, but is there anything fun about yourself that you'd like to share that maybe people online wouldn't know about you? Sure. I am the reigning two-time adult spelling bee champion for my town. Uh, (laughs) People often get a kick out of that. I've always been a really good speller. Uh, and my town has this fundraising, um, fundraising thing for the schools every year where you can put together a spelling bee team. And so my team has won for the last, uh, actually, I think it's three years straight. Um, so. Oh, my God, that is so awesome. <laughs> so I guess we don't have to worry about, like, typos in your book or anything, right? Let's, let's hope. Yes. (laughs) No. Erin, thank you so much. I'm excited to see the book and the videos and, and to spread the word because I love what you do. It's, and you guys, seriously, she's got some great tips and, and posts on the site. And so a lot of this information, um, which the book and the, the videos will be available when this goes live. Um, but make sure to subscribe to the site. She also has a great, uh, resource book, downloadable PDF that you can get a ton of, just the online tools and links to resources that she uses to run her business. So make sure to go to streamlineinternetmarketing.com and connect with Aaron Howard. Aaron, thank you very much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to the interview. And if you're interested in Aaron's uh, MailChimp book, you can go to the wpchick.com forward slash MailChimp. And it's kind of no secret on the interview that MailChimp isn't my favorite, um, but it's a great autoresponder and email marketing tool that a lot of people use. And so her ebook is a great way to dive in there, get your hands wet. And if you're using MailChimp, we'll definitely get you running with the essentials and the fundamentals. So again, that link is the wpchick.com forward slash MailChimp. As always, thanks for listening. Have a great day. Leave me a comment. And if you haven't already, I would love a review in iTunes. That helps a lot. But I would love a review in iTunes. It just takes a few minutes. Go over to, you know, you can subscribe in iTunes. Um, There is a link on the show note, but just look for the WordPress Chick Podcast. You can search it um, and leave a review. And um, we will be talking soon.